The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church. If you would like to support the Healing the City podcast, you can become a subscriber for three, five, or ten dollars a month. This helps us pay for hosting and keep our equipment running. Also, if you would like to support our podcast, you can rate it on iTunes and Spotify and share it on Facebook. Uh, welcome to Healing the City Podcast with Pastor Eric Seepen and Pastor Michael Kuzno. Uh, hi, guys. Hi, Michael. Hey, so this is another Pastors 3 that's this actually 2. Pastors 2, yeah. And sometimes it's past, would like it to be Pastors 4, but we never Ooh, get, we've never had Pastors. We haven't got that big of a number yet. We've not managed all four Pastors into the room. That's funny because the title would be Pastors 3 even though it was Pastors, pastors four. 4. It's kind of like we have the... The Charlie Brown trio, but they have four people. In yeah. It, yeah. Well, maybe we'll eventually get to the average of three. There you go. Yeah. The average of three. Maybe pastor's <laughs> average three. <laughs> then no one will know what it means. Well, today I actually wanted to talk to you in particular about um, my sermon last Sunday or on radical marriage. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I framed it in the idea of not just radical marriage, but radical singleness and we kind of talked about the invitation that god uh, has given us to be in the space that we're in Mm -hmm. and to accept that as a gift as paul has encouraged us to of your singleness is a gift your marriage is a gift the state that you are in this present moment and one of the things maybe to kind of process there's a lot in that sermon and i'll put a link to it but the thing that i want to process with you a little bit is just the role of single people and married people together in community um and one of the things that i put forward in that and you can kind of respond to and i think you've been both at the village so you can have some some something to say about both of those but that is that uh you know in paul in in first corinthians 7 32 talks about how when you're single your concern you have the opportunity at least to have your concern only be the lord right but when you're married your concern is for sure split in that you are concerned both for your spouse and the concern hopefully is for the lord like so you have this this you can't put all your eggs in one basket so to speak (laughs) and um and so you have more time more opportunity um and if you so choose, can really be fully about what Jesus is doing in right. your single space. So what is that? I mean, I think that's kind of unusual in the church, in the American church in the particular. The Protestant church, yes. at least. Yeah, yeah the Protestant church. Um, not in the Catholic church. Right, because this is, this is like thousands of years yes. now, Catholic church, right? Yeah. Orthodox church, Coptic churches, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The single people lead, but it's it's more so the celibate and yeah. committed and vowed to celibacy yeah. people are, right. are the higher leaders. And so this is how that was interpreted. I have always, so the village when it first started and, and maybe in its first few years um, was at least 60% single um, if not more. And so it has been a single person church, but single people do get married Right, um, especially when you speak out of Jeremiah, and yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for them to get married. But so anyway, I, all that to say is, I, I really do believe that single people have an opportunity to really shape the church, um, 
in the way that they support it and the way that they see their value in the community of God and, mm-hmm. and then leading the community into the world. And I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that and if we could kind of be, just have a little bit of a discussion of what that might yeah, theoretically look like, but then also maybe practically here in the village, what that might look like. You want to start with theory? Yeah, we, we that's where we're best at. All right, we'll go, start with theory. And then we'll ground it. Right, because we'll, in theory, as a single, single person, you are maximally flexible with your time, attention, resources to pour like 100% yeah. into the mission of the church. Right. In theory. In theory. <laughs> right, like you, you can move physically um, without being a disruption to too many other people besides yourself. Right. Um, if you decide to do something, you don't really need to check with anybody else. You just go do it. Right. Um, if you want to spend something like overnight doing something or you stay out late or whatever, like right. you don't need to, I mean, I'm assuming that these people are like past uh, yeah. their parents needing to check on up on them, like right. that space between you don't really need to be, checking in with your parents, but then also you're not married. So you don't have to check in with your wife or husband. You don't have kids. So you don't have to like worry about kids bedtimes and right. keeping their routines and, and sure. inculcating good discipline. Right. So it wouldn't be a good idea for you to be like, you get into a really in-depth conversation with somebody and you just keep going with it. Cause it feels like it should keep going. You don't have a hard stop on that. Right. Cause you could just, go be less sleep filled and, uh, or, you know, sleep in. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely felt a lot of that as a single person, as you know, a college student, you know, I had classes of course. So there was some things, there were some things that I needed to kind of keep in mind. Sure. I mean, it's not like single people don't work. I mean, they need to make an income. So sure. Right. But there wasn't there wasn't anybody that was going to be like, right. um, typically upset with me if I stayed out all night, right? Um, and when I stayed out all night, it it wasn't usually. I can't even think of it a time when it was, but it wasn't because I was out like drinking and partying, right? Um, which is what you might typically think of as a college student. It was because I was out like praying and worshiping and having like conversations about God, spiritual things, right. Um, and for whatever reason, Eric was able to kind of flex with that with a lot of single people. Right. So, I mean, I think that that's where we can start talking about the practicals of that because, um, we had home bases, one base in particular, right? The Seneca house was the hub for a lot of these things. Sure. Sure. And we were allowed to stay. Yes. People stayed late at my house. (laughs) We passed our bedtime, so to speak. (laughs) That is true. Um, and and I was you know I had one kid and I was less encumbered, um, by children and and family. Right. Um. So, let me. I think if I were single and I sat under the sermon that I preached and I'm I'm sitting there going, okay, what exactly is he saying? Mm-hmm. Because one of the suggestions I, I was like, hey, like you know, married people, you need to invite single people into your marriages and allow them to have some input. Um, but I, I think also I could be thinking, I don't even know where to start. What, what is he's not giving me a lot of starting points here. Mm. He's given a few radical suggestions that seem pretty scary, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I start? Yeah. 
And so, I mean, I was thinking about this and there's a couple of things that I have watched single people over the years, but in particular, even now I see at the village. And one is using their time to make what happens at the village, say on Sundays or on Tuesdays or whatever happen. Right. By doing the, you know, being able to come by at, you know, seven at night and do something in the building to make sure it's okay or to go fix something or jump in their truck and, and, and pick up some stuff from some people and get it over to, you know, right. do some moving. So really doing physical things. Right. Tangible things. Um, I think one of the things that single people are afforded is the opportunity to serve. Right. And now I, I certainly believe there's a danger that, that single people can then be used um, for what they offer and not necessarily appreciated yeah. for who they are. Right. Um, but I, I, I want to first start with, there is this call to service and they become the models of what it looks like to be a servant. Yeah. Um, so I think there's that of being able to say, okay, how do I take ownership? And I think that's a big part of it is like, this is my church. Right. This is my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I think, yes, do, do married people need to do that? Yeah. But single people can lead in that and they have the time to create spaces for other people to be part of. Right. So I think owning ownership of church, ownership of neighborhood, ownership of the community spaces that you're in is right. a big part of being single, that you have an opportunity in serving God. Right. And then, you know, it's it, it can be really meaningful, you know, yeah. internally to a single person, right? Yes. Like to, to be able to have that meaning and purpose that comes through service. Yeah. Like I actually liked being there and being an important part of cleaning up when we used to. Yeah. Uh, have to move Everything. all the things that the church needed, right? All the speakers and yeah. the stands and the, yeah. and the curtains and everything. Like, I mean, I would I would almost always stay late until everything was put away in the trailer or the truck or the closet or whatever, and just do that, right? Um, which is a habit that sticks with me even right. to this day. Yeah. That I I I have a hesitancy to leave before all the work that that needs to be done Which is, deeply is done. Appreciated. Yeah, but I, I guess there will come a point where I just can't do that. Right. As yeah. a married person. Yeah. Especially a married person who then will have, have kids. Baby, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so there is a deep like just absolutely needed necessity kind of thing for yeah. single people to fill those kinds of roles. Yeah. And so I think so the second one I think and is really important. And I probably think it's more important than the service one is that single people do have space to commit to longer periods of praying yeah, and longer periods of praying together. And I think that's a, one of the more powerful things because they have this opportunity to fight for the community in prayer and they're not worried. Like they're not, they won't be woken up by or the baby, distracted by babies. Yeah, exactly. Or they can go and say, hey, I'm going to go over to, you know, so-and-so's house and we're going to sit there and pray for five hours. It, their wife's not going to be calling them. Their husband's not going to be saying, hey, when are you coming home? Right. No. Like this at the moment, in a sense, as a single person is the home. Yeah. Is wherever they're at. And so I think that is uh, a big, I think prayer and service are two places to engage. I agree with both of those really strongly. Yeah. And I think, so I think those two, I think the third one, and, and and maybe this is the harder one, is that they have an opportunity to invite people to be uh, more connected to Jesus. 
So can you pull that one a, a little more into the practical? Well, I think they have an opportunity to do a lot more with intention than, say, a person with four children. So they can go and say, they can they can look at a, a mother who's overwhelmed. And instead of saying, hey, you're overwhelmed, let me watch your kids. They although, can, although that could be helpful. Well, yeah. I think they can say. That's they, service, though. That is service. And I think it's taking service to the next level. And it's saying, hey, you seem overwhelmed. I'm going to watch your kids. In order that, you can go spend some time with God. Okay, so they lead and direct. Yes, I think they have an opportunity to see there's a there's a need and there's a I need to move someone towards Jesus. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to create space, but I'm but I don't want to. I think sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I'm single, I can babysit, and that's great. And you can have some free time to go run some errands, and I'm right. like, yeah, that's nice, and that may be a, that's not a bad way of service. It's a really good way. Yeah. But I think if you see yourself as one who is pointing people towards Jesus, it is saying, yeah, I I, I want to use my time so that you can engage Jesus. That might mean that part of it is you're running errands, but I want to know that you're going to go spend some time with God, some some prolonged time, so yeah. that I can I'll take care of your kids. Um, I think that's important. I think supporting marriages and saying like, hey, like I have noticed that things seem kind of, you know, not going well with the two of you. Let me watch the kids so the two of you can go out on a date. And, and you know, it's 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 saying I'm going to insert myself like in a shepherding way. Sure. In my service. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I like that a lot. I think that is helpful. And I think I saw I if, if we had, you know, at, the, at our church, you know, we have less singles than we used to, though we are gaining more. Right. I, there are enough singles in our, at the village to, to begin to say, Hey, like we can have a dramatic impact on this church. Um, right. if we begin to talk about together, how we're going to go do that. Right. And some of that is a little bit of responsibility on the single people to direct, suggest, yeah. invite with the time that would be freed up by serving right. to the married people. Um, and part of it is the married people recognizing that when they were giving a, given an opportunity by a single person, that's how they should use yeah. it. Because yeah. that is one of the most valuable, like the most valuable things they could do with their time yeah. is to encounter Jesus. Yeah. So I think on the other hand, and the other challenge, and I think I spoke pretty firmly to, to married people, um, when it comes to single people, is that I do think married people's job is to tend to the emotional and relational and physical and spiritual needs of single people, and that being aware that there's a particular kind of intimacy that happens within marriage that we are designed for, that when you are single, you are not experiencing. And though we cannot duplicate that for you as married people, we can be aware of the deficit, the where aware that you though are, if you know, are trying to be committed to the following of Jesus and the remaining in Him as He remains in you. There's still going to be a loneliness that you're going to feel because you're designed for another. And so our job is to come alongside you, and you know, if you. If you need a hug, to give you that hug. To if you need someone to just listen to you and have kind of some, I mean, to have some conversation, then to have some conversation, sure, or to just be around a family so you can enjoy kids and you know to make your your family a little bit more porous so they can just 
you know, you don't have to perform for single people. You can just be yourself and, you know, let it all fall apart if it needs to in front of them. You know, it doesn't need to be um, all together all the time for you to care for them and give them those things that they need. Sure. And so I think single, I think married people within the community of God need to see their job is to empower single people and to care for them and make sure they're tended to and to affirm that, hey, yes, what you're doing in this community and how you're serving the mission in the larger community is really important and I want to affirm it and encourage it and and allow you to impact me. Right. So they, that would be my other thought on that. Yeah, well, I was thinking um, one of the things that multiple families provided for me as a single person was a home a home base, so yeah. to speak, and that despite all the transient nature of single life, like I knew I was welcome there and could spend time there, right. experience family there, like you're saying. Um, you're, you're using the language porous. Right. And I think there's a lot that's helpful about that. May um, not be the best word, but. No, no, I mean, it's good. It's good. I, I'm just, I'm wondering if I'm using a different aspect of it. Like there's, there's this family that you know is staying put it's stable. It's going to be there despite, you know, the usual kids crying right, and, right. and things not going well or sure. whatever in, in various ways. But, but it's like, they're not moving around. Right. Like, There's you know stability. where they're going to be exactly. Right. And it's very helpful as a single person to have that yeah, and be able to experience it and settle in there for periods of time. Right. And, and know that you're not just, um, I don't know. You're not just an intruder in their right. life. Yeah. You're actually welcome. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, so it's, I, I guess I, I think of it as, I mean, even when I picture it, it's just like the idea that, uh, the foundation is very stable. It's not porous. That's where you go, but you're allowed to come in. There are lots of doors to yes. come in and be part, which is what you always intended by yeah. using the word porous. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you're right. It, it's maybe not the best, actually. No, word. no, no. I, I like it a lot. I'm just saying there's there's something else that I wanted to articulate yeah. there, which yeah. is which is like, yeah. So the the barriers to entry are porous, but yeah. once you're inside, like there's a comfy couch to sit on, and there's dinner yeah. that, dinner that will eventually be on the table. Yeah. And there's routines that are going to go on. And you get to play with the kids exactly, and, and yeah, and just be part of whatever's happening. I think that's really important. Um, I also think it's important to realize that as a single person, you are partnered with married people in this mission and vice versa. Like we're in this together. Um, and what's beautiful about being a single person who's in integrated into community is that as they move towards inevitably, hopefully getting married, I mean, if that's what God's offering them, that you have this family of people to care about the person that you care about and to look out for you and to you know try to help you walk into something that's healthy so, right so you have that also to make that transition right i mean i think a lot of uh healthier marriages come out of single people who have seen marriages right like real ones yeah and it's not just the you know hallmark channel marriage thing right. or disney channel marriage right. thing or whatever it's yeah here are these real people with a real marriage and I get to experience how that is 
you know, you're still not on the inside of the marriage, but you're at least in the house with them and they, yeah, they can portray to you, uh, the good and bad of marriage as it actually is. Yeah. Well, I think in, I think the village has really tried over the years to do this, not just as in our families, you know, but we have always had single people on the leadership and we've always encouraged that. And sometimes it was dominated by that um, because we wanted those voices there. Um, and so I, I think we've championed it, but I think also as a community, as we've gotten a little bit older, I mean, people are getting married, people are having kids, nature of the community changes. Um, and so I think it's just a, a good reminder in our, our time to be like, all right, well, single people, you're very valuable. We want to reaffirm what, and that you have a mission and that God's calling you into something really cool. Yeah. And as we see single people lead in that way, serve in that way, then I think it, it means that they will yeah. start to be the deacons, the, the leaders yeah. of the church as the elders recognize that and say, Hey, you're leading. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. let's make that official. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on this? No, I mean, no, I, I, think, I think this is, I think it's, I think it's good. I, I like, I like the invitation to encounter Jesus. I'm taking your kids, not just so you can take a bath. Right. Although that would be good. <laughs> You may need to bathe. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm taking your get kids so you can spend time with Jesus. Yeah, no, I think that's a really powerful thing. Um, yeah. All right, well, guys, thanks for listening to uh, Pastors 3 on Healing the City. Uh, and, um, yeah, so just a couple notes. If you've got questions for Healing the City, you can email us at healingthecity at gmail.com. I did get that address finally fixed so that I can receive emails there. So send us questions. And also if you really like healing the city and you listen to it a lot and you want to, you know, pay for help, pay for the hosting and all those good things, you can subscribe and it's like you can commit to paying three bucks a month, um, to help, uh, keep the podcast on the air. So thanks guys. Unless you have something to say. Nope. Nope. Cool. (laughs) 